All right, let's get right to it. Episode 337 of After the Whistle, presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Nothing else comes close. Hope everybody did all right on their Bills game on Sunday. It's nice of the <laughs> nice of the Sabers to throw up a little smoke screen for all the Bills shit talk that would have taken place yesterday on all the talk radio shows by announcing the Rasmus Dahlin contract. Right. Just Holy. so many, so many people angry, upset, irritated. Like, I mean, <laughs> so what not happened? only not only was it not only was it a just a horrendous, horrendous loss, which again, you start pointing fingers. Like, where's this coming? Is it the players? Is it the is it the coaching? Is it this? Is it that? I mean, and then it's like Gives a yo-yo. A shit. It's like a yo yo. All I want to know is if Brandon Bean, midway through the fourth quarter, called Kevin Adams and says, hey, uh, any chance you can announce that Darlene deal tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. Kevin calls the agent and says, all right, fuck it. We'll give you eight years, 11 million per because... Beanbag needs us to do beanbag needs us to take over the airwaves tomorrow because the bills are getting killed. We're gonna throw two million from the bills on that contract. Just get it done. Seriously. Oh, man. Darlene's got two contract. Eight. I don't even want to talk to Bills. It's just gonna, no, no, it's no, gonna no. We're not severely piss me off. We're not. But thank uh, you. So I'm gonna put my feet up for this one today. We've been waiting for this one. Yeah, we have. We've been very vocal about this one. Uh, yeah, we have. How do we do? Who buckled? Hmm. Uh, I'm not sure you could say anyone buckled. I I know Rasmus Dahlin and Don Meehan and Newport Sports certainly did not buckle. I think they got kind of what they set out for. Um, you know, listen, I mean, we can go all the way back to June where it was it was said through a media member that that he thought the deal was done he heard from a, a good source i believe him i do believe him that the deal was probably done at 8 for 10 8 years 10 million and he reported on that and then all of a sudden you go the whole entire summer and you're scratching your head going what the hell is going on and then you have an Austin Matthews that signs when in august And he starts to change the dynamic of what elite play. When I say elite, I mean the super elite players of the game and what they're asking for. I think the Darlene camp might've changed their mind a little bit and, and looked to possibly go a shorter term deal. And there was a lot of discussion that took a lot of time to figure out the numbers. And finally, Don Meehan and Newport Newport Sports has been a monster agency in this this game for a very long time. And and he's a market setter. And I'm not not saying that Rasmus Dahlin set a market because when you set a market, it means you're going above and beyond everybody else. But Rasmus Dahlin is the highest paid Buffalo Sabres in history. 
and he is tied for the third or the second highest salary given to a defenseman in NHL history with Drew Doughty. And at the end of it, am I upset? Am I irritated a little bit that he's making that much? And the answer is no, I'm really not. I think as of today, I think as of today, he's getting paid a lot of money because of the salary cap. He's getting paid a lot of money. But if you're reading the articles, Gary Bettman basically said next year, next year, the cap is going to be going up to 87 to possibly 88 million. That's four, $5 million. It's going to go up and things are going to go up from there. So this 11 and a half million, this $11 million deal a year for Darlene right now seems a little bit high, but in shortcoming, it's going to be a very reasonable contract for an insanely it talented defenseman and you got to pay him. There are, there are mixed emotions about the value. There are a lot of smart hockey Mm -hmm. fans out there that understand the salary cap and they understand that the cap's going to be going up so that in a couple of years, it's not really going to make that much of a difference. Right. So, you know, 10, 10 and a half, 11, it's not going to be that big of a, big of a hammer next year. Right. But, there are people that are upset about it. Why? Who? who I think well, people think it's too much money. I guess. I mean, can you? Can you? Is can he you... a top three defenseman in the NHL? That's the question. No, I'm looking, I'm but looking he's, he's right a now. Top six. Okay. Well, I'm looking right now at the top twenty defenseman list in the NHL today. Okay. Uh, going into the season, following last season, and okay? where does he fall? He's number seven. We've talked okay. about this. He's number seven. All right. McCarr, Fox, Heiskanen, Hedman, Yossi, McAvoy, Darlene. Yep. Where's the irritation come in? Is the irritation because Heiskanen signed, uh, you know, two years ago and he's making 8.45? Well, let me just make this deal. clear. Let me just make this clear. I have no problem with the contract. I think it's, I would like it to be less for the team's sake for what they're trying to do, as Kevin Adams stated in his press conference, how he communicates with the players about what the plan is here and the direction in hopes that they'll want to be a part of it to maybe consider that at negotiation time. Yeah. If Rasmus Dahlin but, was signing this deal by himself, he would be he would have signed for nine and a half. Nine. Because he he wants to be here. He truly, this young man, truly wants to be here in Buffalo. He wants to make this work. He so wants who, to win a who, Stanley Cup. Who's who's negotiating for who? The agent's negotiating for the player, or is the, the agent, agent negotiating for the rest of the market? That's why you have an agent, because they don't have an emotional tie. They don't give a shit that Kevin Adams wants to. Hey, listen, Rasmus, um, if you sign a little bit less and give a little bit of a hometown discount, then I can take that money and put it someplace else and make our team stronger. And that's how we're going to win a Stanley cup and blah, 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 blah. And Rasmus Dahlin's looking at him going, you know what? Yes. Yes. I like that. I like that. Meanwhile, the agent steps in and goes, fuck that, Kevin. No, 
That's not the way this is working. You're going to pay my client the market value form. That's it, period. The salary cap in the next three to four years is going to skyrocket. So are you telling me, just going back on it, because I had reported some things on this that I had heard. Eight years, $10.5 million was the number that I was given. Then I followed up. I don't know how. I haven't gone back to look. I just, I, I know that there are actually conversations going on in my inbox that I have I can't even look at anymore because I just can't believe that I can't believe that people actually take the time to type to each other throughout the day and I've got I've got 116 unread text messages in my in my 105 sorry I got to a few this morning but I I don't have time I can't that's how that's uh, on a side note the old side note I don't even understand that. How I I will lose my marbles if I see a blue thing on there that shows that I have a. Hey man, unopened means unread. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry, I missed this. Continue. Uh, so anyway, so um, I I I haven't gone back to look, but then I followed up. I don't know how many days later, saying that I was told that Darlene wants a five year deal, and that's why it's this whole thing's being held up, and then. Yeah. Like a few days later, I didn't even bother to tweet it, but we talked about it on the show and someone's told me four times 11 was the number. So we had heard 11 and then Kevin Adams said yesterday, did he not say in his press conference that he talked about star players and shorter term deals? And yep. Yep. It's very, it's just very interesting to learn how the negotiation went. If in fact the reports are true that he was standing firm on a short-term deal and there's always a winner and loser right off the bat as the deal is signed right off the bat i would say the sabers won in this deal i'm not saying darlene lost he's making 88 million over eight years but what i'm saying is but if he gets a four or five year deal at 10 and a half or 11 million this team is screwed well, in four years. Certainly don't think the Sabres won this deal. Um, when you're paying a defenseman $11 million and there's 10 comparables, whether it's Charlie McAvoy and, you know, I mean, you could just go down the line of of players that are all making nine, nine and a half million dollars. And then Darlene's making 11. So I don't think that the Sabres won the deal. I think the Sabres got what they they set out for, which was a long-term contract of a defenseman that is going to be his best from basically the start of this year to the end of that eight-year deal is going to be the best years of, of Rasmus Darlene's career. Um, I think Kevin Adams is is smart enough to understand that the salary cap is going to go up. The salary cap is going to go up. Now, an $11 million deal for a defenseman right now is insane. There's only two defensemen that have ever signed for an $11 million deal, and that's uh, Eric Carlson, and that's Drew Doughty. Now you have Rasmus Dahlin making $11 million. It seems like a lot of money right now. But in three years from now, 
four years from now, in the middle of this contract, it is going to be just a, a normal oh. contract for elite top-end defensemen. Allow myself to soften the blow for myself and everybody else. What if I told you that Darlene signed a nine-year contract worth $10.44 million. How would you feel about that? A what? Just hear me out. Well, Play it, my game. Say it again. A nine-year so contract? What if he signed a nine-year contract for $10.44 million? Would you feel all right with that? I don't want to play your stupid games adding on Darlene's, uh, what does he have, one year left at six? Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> come on. Hey, just makes it a little easier. Yeah, sure got it him does. For nine, you got him for nine years. Who's the who's the Grinnell guy from Spit and Checklist? What's his first name? Grinnell. Grinnell. Mark? No. Anyway, he's one of the guys on Spit and Checklist, a uh, little guy there. Um. He was he was chiping uh chiming into uh the Darlene and he was he was just like what the heck Darlene for eleven million question mark question mark you know and then and then began to state that Charlie McAvoy is making nine and a half and Mike that, Grinnell Mike Grinnell yeah and um, listen I mean he's a big Bruins fan um, there's no question. You know, if I had to take the two deals, I would certainly take McAvoy at nine and a half over Darlene at 11. Just the way it is. I mean, McAvoy is a stud. He is a super stud. They got him under contract before and at a, at a very good time because of the salary cap not going up and everything else. It's very simple. I'm happy that Rasmus Darlene is signed for eight years and he got paid what he deserves. He's an offensive freak. He's a power play specialist. He's a big body. You know, he's a six foot three kid that moves like a slinky, like he has no spine. His defensive game has just gone to another level that I think that we were all hoping that it it would get to. And at the same time, at the very, at, at the most, the other thing that a lot of these defensemen don't have is man, Rasmus Dahlin's got some freaking anger issues to him, man. He is, he laid a hit last year. Remember that one? That kid one, yeah. On the right hand side. And he oh, came I do. across with a, like a little hip check and he's just sneaky. He's sneaky physical. He's sneaky physical. And he drives he's, opponents. He drives opponents nuts. But he's physically, he's yeah. angry too. Like he plays the game the right way. He plays the game with physicality. He's got some nastiness to him. He's got everything. So at the end of the at the end of I'm, the day, when you sign Rasmus Dahlin to eighty eight million dollars for eight years, I don't have a problem with it at all. I I wish I could sit here and and make this into a complete shit show of a conversation and call Kevin Adams a donkey and all the management, but I can't. I'm just happy it's eight years. It's huge. It's huge. It's huge. Because I would not want to be sitting here discussing, you know, Darlene under a four-year deal or a five-year deal. 
You've got this, you got your franchise defenseman locked for the next nine years. Incredible. Looking at um, the top 10 defensemen here, top seven where Darlene stops, I could see him climbing up that ladder three spots maybe. I could see him I could see him outperforming Heiskinen, Hedman, only because Hedman's older, and uh, possibly even Yossi. So I could see him moving up to four or five because I think McAvoy will move up as well. I think McAvoy is could possibly be the second best defenseman in the NHL. And and why why do you why would you say that? He's so well rounded. And that's that's what we're talking about here. You know, McAvoy produces offense. He is an insanely good defender. And he's as he's mean. He's got physicality to his game. When you add all of those in a superstar type player, that's that's what makes him so great. You know, Kale McCarr lays the body. He lays the body. He he punishes forwards. And he's also an excellent defender. And then all of a sudden you look at his offense and you're like, there's not a defenseman in the NHL that is on the same level as as Kale McCarr. Not Noad. Not 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 Adam Fox, not Rasmus Dahlin, not Charlie McAvoy. There's nobody on the same level as as Kale McCarr. It's going to be hard for for defensemen in this in this league in this era to catch this young man. That's the way I see it. I don't know um, what Tim Murray was thinking in 2016 when he took Alex Nylander over Sergachev and McAvoy, and even uh, the guy that went later on that should have gone higher, Chikrin, uh, that they will forever haunt this franchise. I truly believe that. Well, it's starting to come out of there now, but that was a massive, massive miss. Massive miss back in 2016. Do you know where Rasmus Dahlin, I'm looking at, I looked up the top 10 defensemen in the NHL before the 2022-23 season. So last year, before it started, do you know where Rasmus Dahlin sat in the top 20? 14 17 Theodore Wierenski Dowdy Hughes Riley Slavin Caves Ekblad Carlson Heiskanen Latang, Fox Mac- uh, McAvoy Yossi Hedman and McCarr all ahead of Darlene well that's not the same anymore Rasmus Darlene with the team that he has surrounding him now with the offensive talent and young dynamic players, um, they're going to be really fun to watch where the head scratching moments that are going to happen with this hockey team is number one. They still lack physicality and number two, how are they going to be defensively? How are those elite, dynamic, young hockey players going to care about 
winning hockey games more than getting points. Because it's hard to do that as a young player because points equal what, Petey? Points, individual points equal what? Uh, Money. 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 Doe, big contract. Points equal money. The bag is the player's It equals the bag. The bag. And here's the thing. It's very difficult. That's what they call it these days. He got the bag. He got the bag. bag. of cash. It's very difficult to tell young players to sacrifice points for the greater good of, of the team in winning hockey games. And right now, that is going to be the one thing with um, this hockey team here in Buffalo is how are they going to play defense? Are they going to win games uh, 6-5, 5-4 like they did last year? Or are they going to actually try and to play defense and not leave Devin Levi out to dry? That's got to be... That's got to be... Um, ingrained in them it's got to be ingrained in them and i don't think it is hey Petey, do you sign yeah i signed what'd you get i got the fucking bag oh yeah what'd you get two years league mini <laughs> mini short for minimum <laughs> you know the great thing about your contract though league minimum contract is you made more money than guys that were making a couple hundred thousand dollars more than you because you never bought a meal. You didn't buy anything. You did like, I, I literally would love to be able to call you alligator arms, but here's the thing. You didn't even have arms to pull out your wallet. Oh, bullshit. Bullshit. That was that was the greatest part about being the league minimum guy. You didn't pay for one bloody thing your entire career. Uh, lost a few credit card games my day. Uh, Where were you? Wendy's? Who was I laughing with the other day? Yeah, it was 3 o'clock in the morning at Wendy's. That's where your credit <laughs> card game came out. Oh, I got to pay like 17 bucks. It was in and out Burger in Cali. My, I got it, boys. 80 bucks. <laughs> who was I just talking to? Oh, who was it? Was it Roisy? Did we? We had a conversation with Roisy on the phone, remember? We were talking about the night that our rookie dinner in uh, South Beach, and he and I are walking through the, the, the bar. <laughs> I got a ball of crystal in one hand and a bottle of Dom. Dom. <laughs> I just spent 1200 bucks. On two bottles of champagne, I was taking it over to the boy. <laughs> Timmy Connolly. Timmy Connolly, we show up to this bar and we're walking down South Beach and we're just a crew of us. <laughs> and he goes, Hey, check it out. I gotta try, I gotta go to a bar called Snatch. So this place was called Snatch. So we it was jam-packed and there was a lineup outside so tim walks up and he has this handful of cash now we'd been at it since four in the afternoon this is probably midnight okay so so tim pulls out this wad of cash and he goes hey it's me and my buddies uh can 
can we get in? Uh, I don't know. He might have said play in the NHL or something. And he goes, can we get in? I'll, you know, give you some money to get in, bypass the line. How much? And the guy goes, that'll do it. And he just grabbed his whole thing of water cash, just put it in his pocket, opened up the velvet rope. <laughs> How much up. money was it? Oh, my God. Well, a couple grand? Uh, possibly a grand, if not a little more. <laughs> so anyway i contributed that night if you've been in a car accident and need a personal injury attorney call not only our friends at salino law but fans of after the whistle at 800-555-5555 car crash call salino vegas golden knights got their stanley cup rings saw that thoughts I thought that the ring was far, far too big. They're getting to be ridiculous. A removable top and underneath the stadium is there. I mean, the arena. I mean, I think the first time I saw this was the what the uh, who are the Chargers? The football L.A. Chargers. Yeah. They won the Super Bowl. And I think their rings had the same thing where you pop the top off. The thing can be worn as a brooch or whatever they call it, a necklace uh, charm or I don't know. But point is, it's just, it's way too big. Bigger doesn't always mean better. I mean, when are these guys ever going to walk around and wear that? Never. Team party, whatever. We, I played with a guy that won a cup in New Jersey. You know, Jamie Langerbrunner would wear his cup to team parties. That's it, really. Maybe I don't think I ever saw Marty wear his. And I don't think Drury never wore his. Remember, he told us that it was in a safety deposit box somewhere. I mean, yeah, I don't think you're ever going to wear this ring ever. Maybe an alumni event, a reunion event, something like that. Speaking somewhere, speaking engagement. I don't know. But these things are just getting to be ridiculous. Is there anything else they can do other than a ring? Because I don't think I'd want anything else but that ring. I'd want my name on the Stanley Cup, and I'd want the ring. It signifies victory. It signifies that that is that is it. When you get that ring, and you know, I watched the video of Jack Eichel o- opening his box, and you could just see that he was just like, "Holy!" That's a special moment, though, when those when those players, whether it's Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, open their their box and you know see their ring for the first time i think it means it means something it's almost like closure on winning winning the ultimate prize i think there's closure once you get, once you receive that ring and spend that night with your teammates that you won that stanley cup with now it's closure um and new chapter is is going to be put forth do you but, want to know what would suck the most about being at that dinner or being on that team? I don't know. Being, being the new guy to the team who wasn't there last year. <laughs> Could you imagine sitting there just that? I don't even know if I would want to go to it. <laughs> I don't think I would go to it. I'm not going to go to um, you know, a celebration night where you're going to get a Stanley Cup ring and I'm new to the team. I'm not going to that night. 
That is for players. How wouldn't you feel like, how would you feel sitting at home knowing that all the boys from last year and all your new teammates are all getting together for one big night and you're just at home watching Netflix? That's fine. That's fine. Put a little fire, uh, you know, I mean, do you, do you not feel right now that Vegas Golden Knights are a team that possibly has a chance to repeat? And I'm, I'm certainly not sitting here Repeat's saying hard, man. To repeat, I know is it is really hard. Well, it happened. It happened a couple of years ago. You know, it happened a couple of years ago with Tampa Bay Lightning. So it's certainly not. You know. Uh, yeah. I, you know, the last for me, I, I forget that Tampa even won the cup those two years. The eighteen, I mean, you got Vegas too. I forget the cat over the cap. It was just the one was the COVID year in the bubble, and then it was the shortened year where you played. You know, they played the Canadians in the final. <laughs> Sorry, it's just it, that's just how I view it. Pittsburgh going back to back, you know, with aging players and things like that who are still ticking, by the way. But when they beat Nashville and San Jose, maybe it was San Jose and Nashville. I yeah. can't remember which one was first, but you know, that was the that was the last time that it happened with a full eighty two schedule. I don't I like know. their team. I, Both the their goaltenders are back. Hill and Thompson, they have all their defense coming back, which I really like. With And they also have two of their defensemen on long-term IR with White Cloud and Martinez. Those guys will be coming back. They have all the forwards back, except for Smith, who was 33, 34 years old, which you can be replaced with some of the kids that they have coming up. Like This is a very good hockey team in Vegas. And I think they're going to have, they're going to be one of the top. I'm not even going to say that they're going to be a top team in the league, like the number one team in the league. Cause I think there's so many great teams. Oh my God. There's so many great teams in the NHL. I, I think, listen, you're, you're, I think Eichel's game is going to take a step in another dire- direction this year. I think he elevated his game in the playoffs last year, and I don't think he had the greatest of regular seasons, which clearly doesn't matter because he. Why he do you, Why would you say he didn't have the greatest well, I, regular season? Statistically, I think be, just because. Oh, so just, so so I think he. Listen, you can say what you want. Oh, they won. They were on a good team. He changed his game. He was better defensively. All that stuff. We better. watched him. We watched him a few times last year, and. We were really impressed with his game. But the point I'm making is I think still it, players like him want to be up near the top of the scoring as well. He had 27 goals last year and 66 points. He was plus, I repeat this, plus 26 when he was with the Sabres, he was minus 19, minus 13, minus 25, minus 11. And well, his last year, he was plus play? five. But he was one point over a point a game or one point under? One point under. under. But the point is, he was plus 26 last year. Now, here's the thing. His point totals are very average for Jack Eichel. 66 points. 27 goals in 67 games. He's not, he doesn't have a hundred points, but here's the thing. He played a style that will allow you to win more hockey games. 
He was way better defensively than what I've ever seen him in his entire life. And it only took him, uh, you know, eight years to get there. It took him. Do you remember how many, how many times when he was younger in Buffalo, I would talk about this all the time. Like, Oh my Lord, he's a, he's an unbelievable talented offensive player, but he stinks. Like, I mean, stinks defensively and he cost more goals. Okay. He cost more goals because of his defensive play than his offensive play. When you get in your, when he's 18 years old, he had 56 points, 24 goals. He had a great year, but he was minus 16. That means there's more goals going in against him. Now he played on a pretty stinky team, but he's learned through maturity how to play the game the proper way. Jack Eichel, in the way that he played last year and into the playoffs, he is, I see him as a top player, a top centerman in, in today's game. He's not going to go and put a hundred points on the board, but I, it doesn't matter. They win. It's about winning. It's about rings. It's about championships. We've always told that story. We've told it a hundred times on this show about Scotty Bowman and Steve Eiserman. Right. Do you remember that story? Yes. Yep, I'm not going to say it again, but Bowman Bowman challenged Steve Eisman. Do you want to be a point leader in the league or do you want to win championships? You might have to sacrifice points. That's a good way of looking at things. I sit here and I think to myself, what about here in Buffalo? We scored all of this, all of these goals in Buffalo. Tage Thompson, career year. Alex Tuck, career year. Jeff Skinner, career year. Cousins, career year. Middlestat, career year. Darlene, career year. Everybody had a career year. Everybody. But they didn't make the playoffs. You want to know why? Because they stunk the high hell defensively. Terrible. So my question is, are we? do we want Tage Thompson to get 94 points and 47 goals again? Or do we want Tage Thompson to be better defensively? Well, I don't know. I, I'm just asking you a question. I don't, like, do we want these players on Buffalo maybe to sacrifice five to 10 points a year, but it might translate into three or four wins more a year that gets this team into the playoffs? Because something's got to helps give. a rookie and helps a rookie goaltender. You want to go there for a minute? How many? How many? How many goals was scored on uh, Levi in the last uh, preseason game? Oh, you don't care about that? Not really. Okay. Not really. Um, because it's preseason. Get in the game at the Sports Lounge. The Sports Lounge at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino is the place to watch the action and place your wagers. Take in the games and matches on the big screen TVs, place your bets, and order whatever you need all in one place. The Sports Lounge at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. It would have been nice. Well, how many, how many, how many regulars didn't play on Buffalo? None. What do you well, mean none? I shouldn't say none. Maybe Oposo didn't play. Alec Pozo. So we ultimately had our entire roster on the ice, correct? Yes. 
Um, and that doesn't concern you that they put up, what is it, seven? Um, I don't know. That last preseason game, man, come on. What? Uh, guys what? are guys are playing to what not maybe get hurt okay I, look, look hey hold on a second i cannot be a hypocrite i have sat here and said i don't care about preseason i watched the game okay i did my job the final preseason game the entire team was in the lineup with the exception of oki and They shit the bed. But I, I, I have to be consistent and say, I don't care about preseason. Yeah. So for me to sit here and, and shit on Devin Levi or shit on the team for a preseason performance, that really means nothing. Yeah. I mean, it, it would have been nice to shut down Crosby and Malkin and, you know. But the point I'm trying to make is it, it doesn't really matter. Doesn't really matter. It doesn't sounds really like it matter. does to you though. I I just think when you're going into the last game of your preseason, when your veterans have not played a whole lot, um, you're giving a lot of opportunity to your um to your to your rookie players, your younger players, giving them an opportunity to find you know, a game to play at a higher level than what they've ever played. I get it. I agree with you 100% on, I don't put a lot of stock into preseason. I never have. That's why we've talked the last two weeks on, I don't watch. I don't, I don't want to watch the the rookie camp. I don't care. I don't want to watch the main camp. I don't want to watch the preseason game. Except for one. Except for one game. And which one is it? It's the last one. It's the last one. Why? Because it is the, what what I think some would refer to as the full dress rehearsal. It is the full dress rehearsal. And it is your team. Minus Kyla Akposo. Okay. They had seven goals scored against them. Seven. Ultimately, a little concerning to me. I hope they can clean that up. I hope that they're starting fresh and and driving driving that ship towards their first game of the season against the Rangers, which is not going to be easy. Rev, they lost to Pittsburgh, who pretty much had a full lineup. So did we. And Pittsburgh, I said, is a better hockey team than the Buffalo Sabres. So we should be very concerned this year, is what you're trying to say. Look at their team. Look they, at our they, team. Yeah, but... These, yeah, but what? Have, mm, oh, they have winners. No, they have, they guys have winners. They have guys that have won also, in the past. Well, they have guys that they, they play like a team. I mean, fucking Crosby might have grabbed the wrong guy, but Crosby jumped somebody after... Who'd he jump there? Uh, Krebs. Krebs. Krebs hit somebody with somebody else. Who was the other? And then Crosby goes after Krebs. It was, w- w- is with Jose. 
If yes. I, I'm not 100% yes. sure. Yes, yes, Crosby yes. comes in. I'm like, oh, my God. Is that not the greatest green light in the history of hockey? Just beat the shit out of the greatest player in the game? Yes. But anyway, love the love the balls on on Krebs. Love the balls on Krebs. Man, if we had more players that played with a little bit of freaking jam like this guy, mm. it's amazing watching Sidney Crosby. Sidney freaking Crosby. He's what thirty five or thirty six years old. I don't even know thirty five. Flying in in a preseason game. Why? Why is he flying in in a preseason game? If it means nothing, explain that to me. Well, this is a, is that not a message to the, to his entire team? Yeah. goddamn right. It is. You got Sidney fricking Crosby flying in after a hit that wasn't even that bad, but Sidney Crosby is making a statement. He's making a statement to the guys that are in that room. He's making a statement that this is not a, just about putting points on the board. This is about collectively playing for one another to be the best. And listen, it's preseason. Get it, Petey. I understand it. Um, I will just say that the first five games of the season, the first 10 games of the season, I'm really going to be looking to see how this team plays defense. I don't think I don't think that anybody can argue around the league that the Sabres do not have the offensive output to score goals. Like they scored four goals against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. Okay? They scored four goals. They will score goals. But can they keep the goals out of their net? And it is not just on Devin Levi. It is not just on the goaltending. It is ultimately not just on the two defensemen that defend. It is the three forwards got to take their heads out of their asses and back check and push the puck and constant pressure to take away time and space from great players. First five games are not easy. Who do we have in the first five? You know who number one is Thursday night, right? Yep. We've talked about it. Enough times. Rangers, Islanders, Tampa, the Calgary Flames, who I think could be a sneaky team this year. I think they could have been sneaky last year. They just need Huberto to get his head out of his ass. And then you got the Islanders again. All winnable games. Let me tell you something. They have to have a good start because that is not a difficult start to the season. I just said all winnable games. Tampa Bay Lightning does not scare me like they did in the past. The players that they have in the team are still excellent, but but they're older. Victor Hedman has dealt with injuries. He's constantly injured. Steve Stamkos is pissed off right now because they won't offer him a, an extension and he's getting older. Like they have aging players on that team. It's not the same hockey team. That team I think can be taken, taken advantage of. I think it, it's the Sabres time 
to make a stride forward. And that's a team that they should beat. I think if they I were should the beat them. if I were the Sabres, Calgary, be- they should be beating Calgary. The Islanders, they should be beating the Islanders. That's okay. So that's your first five games. You better be ready night number one. Because the Rangers have one goal in mind this year, and that's a Stanley Cup. So they they could come out and pump goals on you and shut you down. So night one is massive. You do not want to, you need to win your home opener this year. think more importantly yes you you definitely want to win your home opener that's that's everybody the first thought. five games six and seven are the ones that are most interesting to me in the month of October the Canadians and the senators it's a battle of the up-and-comers right there they are all winnable games. We are not playing Vegas Golden Knights. We're not playing the Dallas Stars. We're not playing uh, the Avalanche. We're playing the Montreal freaking Canadiens. We're playing the Ottawa Senators. We're playing Calgary. We're playing Long Island. If if Buffalo wants to make the playoffs, their start to this season, this is it. They need to start with a really good winning percentage to start this first 10 games of the season. Because as far as I'm concerned, no game is easy in the NHL. None. But some games are just easier than others. And this is a pretty easy schedule to start the season. 